My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a really exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Lloyd Ross. He's an author, financial educator, and million, a millionaire mentor. He's also the host of Money Grows on Trees. Welcome onto the show, uh, the show, Lloyd. How's it going? Brittany, so good. Thanks for having me on. So excited to be here. Uh, I'm pumped up. So yeah, thanks again. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited today. We're going to have some great conversation within what's going on in the business, the podcast, and uh, any everything within that is just going to be great, some great takeaways. So before we really dive in, do you mind just going ahead and telling, the, telling us a bit of your background? How did you get to where you are and um, where are you at today? Absolutely. I'll, I'll be happy to. So um, I clicked my fingers and here I am. No, I wish it was that easy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, back... I was born in the 80s. So um, <laughs> growing up, uh, as I hit my teens and, and finished school, there was no internet to jump on and start e-commerce businesses and podcasts. It didn't exist. We had to go through university. So I went through university and did three degrees because uh, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I spent way too much time there, but it just it was the path to take. That was how everyone became successful effectively back then. So graduated, became a lawyer, um, lasted a day, didn't want to be a lawyer. Went overseas, got a job, my first and only job in corporate real estate, actually, where I was building, I was working on projects like the Formula One circuit in Abu Dhabi and um, some theme parks, an amazing job at 24. But after five years, I was like, this is not going to get me where I want to go. So I actually resigned from there, went back to Australia, got into real estate, selling houses and marketing properties um, with my dad, who I love and who's an amazing mentor. We built that business together. And after a few years... I started a side hustle in network marketing and uh, that was really exciting because it gave me two incomes instead of one and uh, allowed me to grow and, and develop. So we, we built that network marketing to uh, a million dollar network marketing business. We made, made over $1.4 million part-time with that network marketing business. And it took us all over the world, which was incredible. It took us, we've won tons of trips. It's taken us all over the world. We're on stages. I've, I've spoken in front of five, 6,000 people. It's, it's incredible. It's an amazing journey. But after that journey, it gave me the skills, the network, um, and the opportunity with the the time freedom to leave the property industry and start uh, my financial coaching business, where I wrote two books, Money Grows on Trees, Money Buys Happiness, started the podcast, uh, which hit number one how-to category last year, last March, sorry, and um, yeah, allowed us to build a financial coaching business that's just about to clip over the seven-figure mark, so um, really exciting for that. And that's kind of what led me to here on this podcast, talking about this. Amazing. So. I mean, incredible the things you've done. I mean, going from uh, being uh, getting two degrees, becoming a lawyer, corporate real estate, you know, million dollar networking marketing that you've done all over the world and um, how it's led you to where you are today. Incredible. And what would you see, say is the biggest win today? Is it the freedom? Is it, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I think definitely it's that. I mean, 
the greatest thing was with the network marketing, I built that with my wife. So that's been a huge win to do that together. But yeah, it's definitely the freedom it's given us to travel to, we work from home. I mean, it, before it was cool, before COVID. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it's the freedom of choice. But just, I think the greatest win is just doing what we love to do. That would be it. Yeah. 100% doing what you're passionate about. Yeah. It makes definitely. you so much better at what you're doing and it makes it enjoyable yep. and uh, it doesn't feel like a job, right? No, so right. I love what this you're is, doing. Yeah, this is oh, us that makes hard, me hard at work. This is what we're doing hard at work. But you and I, this is us hard at work. It's cool, right? <laughs> love it. Yeah, I love it. And the freedom to travel. I'm big on love that it. as well. So super exciting. Um, you know, tell us a bit more, you touched on where you're at today, uh, or how you got to where you are today. Do, do you mind diving into your services and, and how you deliver what you offer? Yeah, cool. Well, um, when I wrote my two books and launched the podcast, um, we didn't really have <laughs> a, a, a high value offer. Um, yeah, we built the the whole business kind of backwards, which is kind of weird. But um, now what I do is I've got a 12-month mentorship program. And what I was noticing was people read books, but they don't get into action. Um, people can learn through courses, which I have. I have courses, but they still don't get into action. There's this thing missing that they miss this, I don't know, this accountability. And so I launched this program, the Five Steps to Millions Mentorship Program, to give people the, the mentorship they don't have so because people don't have millionaires around them they don't understand what millionaires do how they think what they're supposed to do no accountability so you know a lot of people have personal trainers and they pay them for 12 months of training but they don't have a financial trainer so that's really what i created with our five steps to millions mentorship it's a it's a comprehensive interactive hands-on group coaching and mentoring program for 12 months to bring people's uh, net worth up to help them learn how to invest, to help them save better, and to help them just transform their financial story. Incredible. And that's what we need out there, honestly. So this is great right now. A hundred percent. Yeah. Now, can you dive in and talk to us about, you know, a seven figure financial coaching business? What are some of the challenges when running that? dive in on that a bit because our listeners you know it's nice to have something really relatable to maybe some of the challenges our other six and seven figure eight figure listeners are uh going through yeah well the eight figure guys probably don't need to listen to me but uh the six the six figure guys maybe but they probably have gone through it yeah yeah definitely no doubt about that they would have for sure it was very challenging to get to eight figures uh um i mean the I, i think it was Fairly straightforward to get to six figures in a coaching business. It's such a wonderful high margin business, um, and so I think that there's a, there's that going on for a lot of people. Six figures. Uh, where where it gets more challenging is going from six to seven because you need to scale, and with scale comes you, you scale your wins and your benefits, but you also scale your problems if you're trying to scale. And um, it's the one the one thing that eludes everybody in a coaching business is how do I get more clients. Well, how do I get more leads, you know, in any business for that matter? The same was with my property business and my network marketing business. And in our coaching was how do you get more leads? How do you generate more inquiry? And to do that at scale, to go to seven figures, you've got to either have a quite a substantial network 
and a great organic following on, on Instagram or Facebook, or you have to have an audience already or a wonderful podcast that everyone jumps into, or you run ads, you have to advertise. Now, most businesses, you know, they'll, they'll advertise. And so to the, the challenge for us was we've created, we created a book funnel. So a lot of the folks who buy out my book, they will come through and um, they buy some courses and things on the way through. And uh, then they that we we offer them complimentary coaching. We have high value um, free stuff, and if they're a good fit and they're really looking for that next step, then they can qualify for our coaching program. So, the challenges we face when doing that model definitely ads. Ads are very hard. <laughs> it's Facebook ads have gotten harder since iOS changes. It's a real fight there, um, but you've got to have the right team. So if you have the right team in, in terms of the marketing, um, that's amazing to get your leads up and you can hit, you know, three, two, three, four, five, six hundred uh, leads a month, you know, doing that. It's just you got to have the right people. And I, I read this wonderful book once by Dan Sullivan called It's the Who, Not the How. So I didn't go and do it myself. I partnered with someone who was great at that and then they do that. So I don't have to worry. But once you hit two or three or four hundred leads a month, what happens is you've scaled your marketing, you've scaled your lead generation. And when you scale that, you've got all of these appointments being set to make you know people interested in your services and you've got to make these sales. So I was doing that. But what I noticed was every time I went away traveling for our network marketing business, my sales in the coaching business would fall because I wasn't around. And so the next problem to solve was how do we outsource the sales? How do we get others to do the sales for us? So that's another who, not how. So rather than me going and getting an appointment set on training a sales team, I found a person that had that already in place. They came in, came on the back end, and they're doing all the sales for me. So I just focus on the coaching. So that's outsourced and outsourced front and back end, and it meets in the middle. So they're the two greatest challenges we had was generating leads from ads and making sales at scale. And that's the only way to get to seven figures, really. You've got to outsource things. You can't do it yourself. Well, you can, but you've got to have a high ticket and you've got to have It won't money. be as successful. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I feel like unless you outsource um, and find the right team and make sure everyone's in the right position uh, yeah. that can do, do the job um, the best, that's yeah. going to help. Yeah. And then on top of that, it... On top of it, it's also just finding the right fit leads, attracting them to you, you know? Yep. So that's yep. super important. Otherwise, I know I was on interviews before. A lot of people are like, I don't want to outsource it. I like doing it all on my own. But they, yeah. they realize that they have to, to get to that next level. You have to, you have to outsource and you have to yep. really get people in the right position so you can really focus on one thing. Yep. You have whatever to- that might be. You have to let go. You have to surrender to the control. You have to let go of control. People don't like letting go of control and they think they're great at what they're doing. So their ego gets in the way. And it's a 100%. paradigm. That's all, you know, so yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that that's huge. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. And I, like I said, I know you touched on it already, but your intentions behind it and where you're at today with it. <laughs> yeah. So what what I, I noticed. It's really interesting, actually. So, so I had a, a books being sold, uh, on you know through through the book funnels and so forth. Great success, um, but of course, you know you need to build a relationship with your audience. And 
it and I understood that and I, I wasn't a big podcast listener to be honest like I, I do occasionally but I'm not a big podcast listener but I'm not everybody and I noticed that a lot of people love the audio to to, to listen auditorily um especially when they're driving when they're at work you know it's very popular became very popular what I noticed Brittany was that a lot of people that I was I was they were starting pod, I'm, a, I'm a podcaster I'm a podcast like all of a sudden they had this really elevated credibility. It was weird. Like, wow, you're a podcaster. It was, but then what I noticed, a lot of them weren't very effective at running it. And but they had these really high rankings, like, oh, I've hit number, I'm in the top hundred. I'm like, how are you in the top hundred? Like they wouldn't show up. They're just very ineffective. They're not even consistent. Yeah. It was just like, I was like, how are you in the top hundred? You're like, you can't even do that. So I'm like, there's a, I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, there's a huge opportunity here for someone who can really attack this professionally. So that's kind of what encouraged me was very, very ineffective people running these shows, getting top. I was like, oh my God, this, this is a wide open field here. I need to dive in. So when I dove in, it was to give value around the topic of money. Which, and, and the intention was to, um, the intention was to, just give value uh, and, and give snippets. And my podcast is very short. And I noticed Dan Henry does really short ones too. So I was kind of modeling him. And I just want a little bite-sized money help and value um, to build this audience. Now, because we had a database building, it was very easy to scale the podcast. But when we launched it, I have my virtual assistant DMing everyone on my Facebook list. Like there's a, there was a lot of DMing going on because it was launch mode. And um, right. when we launched it, we really put a lot of ads. We really did a big launch. And that's what propelled us to number one, which is amazing. And the whole idea of it now is my podcast is in place to give people value, to build trust and rapport with my audience so that if they buy my book, I can continue the conversation. Or if they haven't bought my book, I can actually have a conversation with them for free without them buying anything. And eventually what happens is they want to work with me if they like me enough so and they get value. And eventually they find themselves perhaps in one of my programs. So that's what it's for. And that's how I've kind of created it. Incredible. Yeah. The authority of authority that you can build just by having a podcast and the credibility is huge, huge. And not only that, just meeting people from all over the world and you never know who's listening later down the road, you know, all of a sudden some people yeah. you work with are like i've been listening to your podcast for six months already blah, i know blah, blah. And you have no idea crazy right? isn't it it's amazing yeah it's an incredible platform really like i love my podcast it's one of the best i think it's one i think if you're going to start a business um it's a crucial element now yeah really yeah having having a podcast having something to offer a service yeah. a product to sell yeah. huge now yeah. How does the podcast tie into, I know that you mentioned, you know, people somewhat down the road, maybe join into your programs and whatnot. Um, how does it really tie into your business? I mean, do you do more solos? Do you do interviews and those people turn sure. into clients? Tell yep. me a bit about that. Yeah, that's a good, good, good question. Um, well, how it ties into the business initially is with our database. I send the episodes through there. So the, the database gets and the client, you know, the 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 list gets free value which is important so it's building this trust and rapport which is which is important in business to connect with your audience so that's doing that but the way i've structured it is i do i do a couple of short value episodes per month 
just so people can keep getting the value from me because they like to listen short and valuable. And that's what I try and keep it that way. But then what I'll do is I'll do a guest interview once a month usually. I don't have a lot of guests on my show because it's more of an education podcast. Yeah. But, of course, people would get, you know, if I can, I get people in that really can deliver value around the topic of finance and money and success, which is why I had Dr. Martini on and some other amazing guests. So I do bring them on because it does mix it up. And it also allows me to kind of like collaborate with some people who've got lists too. And it obviously builds the podcast if you're having guests come on and you can obviously share your your audience, which is cool. So that's effective. Right. And then and once a month, I've just started putting in like a success story from any of my programs. So you've I've taken everyday people problems in money and we've talked about how they've solved it with our program. So it's a bit of a testimony, but it's also quite inspiring because they're everyday people. So that's kind of the structure now that I've got for the podcast. And it ties into the business in the sense of they're getting free value, they're getting new guests, and I'm able to collaborate and bring in new ideas and network. And of course, um, bringing on my clients to talk, it grows them, plus it inspires people to start a program of some sort to get in action. So that's kind of how it rolls in the business. We email it down the list and I share it all through social media. I still DM people on LinkedIn, the, the link to join the podcast and a lot of organic marketing still going on. So yeah, that's kind of how it sits. Amazing. Yeah. Just to have, you know, the podcast and interviews sometimes to bounce ideas off of someone else. Right. And, and yeah. um, creates great okay. conversation. Yeah. Love well, it. it's, fascinating. it's fascinating too, because, um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're somewhere at, like, let's say you're talking at an event or you, you know, you're networking at an event. Um, like I had this, I was speaking at the Dreamfest event here, which is you know, a few hundred people. And I was doing like a keynote there and I connected with this lady in the front row and, and afterwards she said, Hey Lloyd, it was really good, really engaging. Would you be open to be being on my podcast? Now it was, she was able to take me from, you know, just see me and then take me to her podcast and build some, like a business relationship there, like, and, and help her audience, like, because she had a podcast, but if you don't have one. How are you going to invite someone or connect with them or network? You know, so it's very powerful in that sense. hundred percent. I agree with you. And I think every entrepreneur should have a podcast. Yeah, I agree. You can leverage the business really well with it. I mean, the network that you would never have before becomes available. Yep. It's incredible. It's just yep. like a snowball effect. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you mentioned organic, uh, organic marketing. What would you say, um, Organic versus, you know, paid, uh, paid ads. What would you, yeah. what would you, can you talk a bit about that? I think about this a lot, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's, you've still, you've got to do, I mean, you really want to master both. I mean, if you want to really scale, you've got to master both. Paid advertising is super challenging. You've got to be a specialist or, or engage, obviously, a specialist to do it. Um. But what's fascinating is if you don't have the organic side sorted out, I think first, like the beauty of having your organic sorted out first is number one, you've got a clear message that you've had feedback from the market. You've got good copy that's worked. You've got, um, you know, you've got a bit of a, you've got some content out there. Like you, you've really refined your your offer, your messaging, because the organic, there's no consequences of making mistakes. Whereas if you go into your paid advertising too fast and you haven't nailed all that stuff, you'll lose a lot of money in advertising that doesn't work. So you have to kind of have already kind of nailed your organic strategy um, before you go and 
and scale it with ads because all scaling, all the ads do is scale what you've kind of already got in your organic, right? So um, that's the, I would say always start organic first and and now that then move into your paid advertising. Some of your, some of your reels and stuff from your organic or your email copy, whatever that's really engaging will tend to be the best things to use for your paid strategies. You know, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, you know, do your reels and test the market organically, see what hits, then just add some ad, add some spend to it and, and, and put it After out there. After you know. Right? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. The, the organics is testing field of what we're going to use in the, in the paid strategy. But I also think that organic is undervalued and underutilized uh, a lot of the time too. those who are using ads, because when you start ads and you're getting all these leads, you kind of get lazy <laughs> and, and you're like, hundred percent. I can do more. And I think that, yeah, you don't want to discount the, the organic very hard because organic requires effort, time, work, consistency, flipping, but you want to bring in a VA obviously to do a lot of your repetitive posting and things like that for your repurposing of cross content. But I think that organic, yeah, it's, it's, it's undervalued, underutilized. I still use it. Uh, I probably don't do it as much as what I should, but um, I think keep doing it, nail it, then go and scale it with your, with your ads and don't forget about it. hundred percent. Say that, have it consistently um, yeah. being used. Right. So totally. Now totally. you, and you mentioned, you, you mentioned uh, leads coming in, like consistently coming in now, how do you mind touching on like what leads are a fit for you and how yeah. often, like, I know a lot of people, entrepreneurs get a lot of leads, but often they struggle with finding the leads that are a fit, the leads that actually are going to join the program and be a fit for okay. it. You know, um, yeah. if you have anything to add to that, I think that would be a good little topic to cover too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at your organic audience um, and your data, you know, your client base, your database, um, not everyone's going to be a fit, obviously. Uh, they're all suspects, you know, they're not prospects yet. So you're really only wanting to, you really only want to be talking to people about your services who are leaning in, who have kind of like pre-qualified somehow. So with our, the, the leads we have coming in from our book funnels is they've bought a book. So that not only are they leaning in, but they've actually spent money on a topic around money and, and financial education to move themselves forward. So they kind of pre-qualified themselves in that step already. So if we sell three or 400 books in a month, we have three or 400 people who are leaning in, have spent money and kind of like, hey, I'm interested in changing my life here in this area. Um, but of that three or 400, there's probably you know a third or 20, it's the 80-20 principle, 20% are probably going to be open to exploring our services or, or our offer. And um, out of the 20% that book in, a certain percentage won't show up. And then a certain percentage that does show up and talks to the coaches, they're just not quite the right fit or they're not, they're not ready or whatever, you know, it's normal things. And then you get that, that, that wonderful, you know, uh, five or 10% of the total lead volume that is just a perfect fit. And right. they go through a couple calls and they get pre-qualified and then they, they, they lean into the program and they, they effectively get it and off they go. So yeah, that, and you you don't know like with what the beauty of having book funnels is we are collecting emails as well as getting purchases so we are building quite a, a good lead volume each month um typically the ones that will purchase a book and a little course upsell or things like that 
and book in, they tend to just buy. So there's this, right. they call it what Russell Brunson calls like hyper buyers. They're just happy to, they're, they're ready. Like they just come in ready. And you can tell like the ones that go whoop, right up, they're just easy to work with. They're perfect fits. And the ones that kind of like um and ah for a long time, they kind of never quite get there. Um, and what's great is if you're doing paid strategies, particularly scaling your leads over the course of a couple of years, you obviously build a quite a big database in your active campaign or your MailChimp. And what's great is if you're nurturing them with good emails and value and value and then, you know, offering complimentary calls and stuff like that, you don't know who's going to pop up in the next two years. And it kind of, ca- it's like a tail that catches itself eventually. So all of a sudden you could have, I don't know, like a hundred calls booked in a month and, you know, 30, 40 new clients because the, the whole database is growing quietly in the background. And if January hits and everyone's ready to change, then it can be a large month, you know? So you never know. hundred percent. Yeah. It's a yeah, You never know who's watching and yeah. you know, their clock has to be at 12. Uh, totally. If they're a fit, if they are, if they're a fit and they see the value, then they're ready yeah. to go. You yep. know, they're ready to go. And uh, I mean, yeah, following up and always making that offer, even to people who are not quite ready, not quite, yep. as long as you're consistent with following up, yep. the fortunes in the follow up a lot of the definitely. time. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, amazing. So I know we're getting close to the end of the episode, but I did want to touch on um, one of the topics: triple uh, sevens. Did you <laughs> mind diving in there? <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, I think of what what makes us unique from business owner standpoint is. I think I'm unique. Maybe not. It's a big world out there. There's probably lots. You're of unique. Yeah, I don't know. But but um, when we built the whole objective of getting into our network marketing business, like that's a challenging business network marketing because you have the same product as everyone else, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to market. When you get your first box of products, the marketing system's broken. You've got to go build one, which is kind of I mean, it's an amazing journey. It's so cool, right? So when we did that, the whole objective was to make an extra thousand dollars a week. So we could scale out, buy assets. So we could build our, our share portfolio so we could have financial independence because people okay. fall in the trap of thinking their network marketing side hustle or their coaching business is a financial independence business or financial freedom business rather. And it's not, it's a it's a vehicle to financial independence and, and freedom. To get financial freedom, you need to have enough assets like real estate or stocks that are producing right. passive income to you where it doesn't matter if your business fails. That is financial freedom. So when I was in property and we started our network marketing business, the objective was to put that money into a share portfolio and scale that. And we did that and we we eclipsed $1 million in our share portfolio using that extra income. So we're investing away to build that up, right? And that gives us 70000 a year in passive income today, right? So far. Right. The idea is to get that up to two or 300000 passive income. So it doesn't matter what happens to your business, you're free, okay? So that's a long game. Not many entrepreneurs play the long game. They'll always spend the money they're making to either put it back in their business or travel or just live life. Uh, and they're generally risk takers. So they just go buy, start more adventures, which is totally cool for them, but there's no backup. So if they lose their business, they're going to start all over again. So the idea was our network marketing business will get us to seven-figure portfolio, which we did. Then our network marketing business eclipsed the $1 million uh, earn and it'll continue to do that. So we kind of hit, we got an award becoming a millionaire in our company for that. So that was the second seven figure experience for us. And then the next one is the coaching business. Um, you know, as I said, just clips seven, just now seven figures um, in two years since we launched the book, which is amazing. So 
It's been seven-figure share portfolio, seven-figure network marketing business. I would say this, actually. The seven-figure network marketing business helped us build a seven-figure portfolio. And the passive income from that and the network marketing helped with the time freedom, helped us build a seven-figure coaching business. That's kind of how it happened, right? So there's three. Allowed the time freedom in order for you to to meet that next uh, step and and achieve it. Yeah. Incredible. That's awesome, Lloyd. This everything that you shared is so valuable uh, for our listeners and myself. Now, I am kind of curious your next biggest focus and desire for 2023, whether that's with the podcast and the business or what it might be. Great question. I think what the uh, there's going to be a big focus on me speaking a lot more. So, like, okay, doing a lot of paid speaking gigs because if I can get in front of people, I give them so much value face to face in a room in an event that they end up wanting to get into our in my books and content and podcasts. And I think it's just a fun way to build the organic audience. So for me personally, a big focus will be on paid speaking and um, getting in front of people organically on stage and doing that. That's exciting. Any yeah. focus or desire within the podcast? Uh, the podcast. You know what's really interesting about podcasting is like the podcast rolls into a very important cog in the machine of our business very important cog but what's interesting about podcasting as you know is it's really its own business so it's like if you got to focus on what do i want to scale the podcast do i want to do this do i want to do that you got to figure out what you want to really focus on i'd love to get the podcast uh to to a wider audience like we have this goal of getting ten thousand subscribers as the next big goal um i feel like i can do that with collaborations um but as our list grows from our book sales, obviously we have a database there we can market to, which I think the podcast will organically grow. Um, but I don't have this innate desire to be the number one podcast necessarily in my space. I think I prefer just to be the best financial coach in my space. And it's part of that. So I don't have any specific goals around the podcast as such, um, other than keep growing it as we are. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, like, you've already done some amazing things with it. So it only can go up from there, right? So super exciting. And to have those speaking, um, speaking gigs and stuff, like, I think with collaboration, um, you'll definitely be able to do that. And that's really exciting. Um, I mean, and you already have done quite a few as as it is, you know, with some very incredible people. So I'm really excited to see how that goes for you. Well, thanks so much. I'm excited too. This is amazing. Lloyd, but before we jump off here, I want to make sure, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you and what you have to offer with your programs and your business, what would be the best way to go ahead and connect? Well, the the best way to connect with me personally is through Instagram, which is my handle of at Lloyd James Ross, pretty active on Instagram. Um, You can DM me and say hello. Um, But obviously my podcast, Money Grows on Trees, uh, really valuable and my first book, I think, is a good one for very, very beginners. This is why I wrote it, called Money Grows on Trees. And if they go to moneygrowsontreesbook.com, you can grab a copy there for like nine bucks. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lloyd, for taking the time in your day to come on my podcast and share all this valuable insight with myself and my listeners. 
exactly what I'm looking for. So uh, very much appreciated. And I can't wait to see where you go in this next, this 2023 coming up here. Super exciting for you, uh, especially with everything that you've already accomplished. I can only imagine what's next. So uh, congratulations on everything. And it's, it's super exciting to hear. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Honored to be here. And uh, I'm glad it's, uh, it's been a great conversation. So yeah, good luck to you as well. Thanks. Thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and would like to come on just like our amazing Lloyd did today, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, Lloyd. Bye, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.